0: This is SideQuest Completed, the hobbyist game-dip podcast with your hosts Calvin and JC, coming to you every Wednesday night with encouragement and advice on making your game a reality. Hello, welcome to SideQuest Completed, episode 15. All You're right. here to talk today, uh, Calvin and I, about project management, specifically initial project management, how to set yourself up for success when starting a new game project.
1: Yeah, um, I'm excited to talk about this because I overthink organizing way too much, and now I get to have an excuse to do it out loud.
0: <laughs> yeah, I tend to go the other way around of underthinking stuff and leaping in both feet into what I hope is a deep end, sometimes a shallow end, and always wishing I had been better organized by the end of it. So I guess it'll be some very interesting perspectives therein. Cool. All right. Hopefully so, it balances out. Okay. Uh, fingers crossed. So I guess one thing we can do is use some of the tools we both found useful in that capacity to share those with everyone.
1: Sure. Um, okay. I, I, can I start? I, I have uh, I've been thinking about this in preparation for today, um, and like I said, I've overthought all this for a long time. So, I've got I've got a whole track record of bad decisions and what I've finally come to, which is I've tried basically every. Expected uh, project management piece of software that's popular. You know, I've uh, tried tracking with Trello boards, and I use uh, Fog Bugs account on that for, which is a big, really complicated uh, issue tracker, kind of akin to Jira. Um, I've used all the other smaller issue trackers um, at different times, uh, and I eventually, over the last year through all of them out. And now whenever I'm starting and I want to outline a whole project, I just literally do an outline in Microsoft OneNote, which is where I do all my note keeping. And I just, you can actually embed checkboxes in that. So I use that both for outlining and organizing the project timeline at the beginning, and then just kind of massaging that single document as my outline and plan and checklist for development.
0: Well, that's very solid. I like. It. Notice the progression there from really heavy planning and tooling down to one of the simplest things you could do, sort of pen on paper, and the clear value add of just referring down to the one tool you find most useful. If anything, yes, that's, that's, probably, that's kind of the transition. Yeah, that's probably one of the biggest values in trying out different tools is to find the few that really work for you individually. Some people will use pen and paper. Other people will use Evernote. Other people will, I don't know, use Remember the Milk, whatever works to them. They might find that Trello is a much better fit. I know I've used Trello multiple times in the past. found that very useful. Google Docs helps here. Spreadsheets, whatever kind you have, can be invaluable. There's a lot of value to be had in just figuring out spreadsheets. They're not just for accountants. And they actually have a lot of power. I'll show you a nice KCD strip recently about some amazing things you can do with Google Docs spreadsheets, which I don't recommend Uh, if you're doing it for very first budget planning, but good things to know about still. Pause right quick to turn off the speaker in here before it makes more background noise. There we go. Yeah. So I would say when I do match, get organized. I've had a fair amount of success with, I want to say Trello. I find it really useful because it visualizes things in a way that's very clear for me and provides the physicality to the work process that is very, very useful. I can see when I've got too much stuff in one way, too much stuff in some other lane, and otherwise just see when I'm not managing all my workflows properly.
1: Yeah, if and I, if I was going back to an actual task manager, it would be Trello. And the typical, the main one of the main reasons I've been able to just stick to an outline document um, is it, it specifically works for solo projects. You know, if I was working yeah. with a single other person, that wouldn't work. Um, but stripping it down to the bare essentials helps me avoid overthinking and over, like I tend to spend too much time fiddling with organizational tools, and so by not having an organizational tool to fiddle with, basically, I, I may well avoid that uh, that trend. Um, but we're talking about a lot. Of, we're supposed to talk about initial project management. So, you know, the tooling is one thing. When you would sit down to start a project, though, what are the things that you might outline that you would try to set up in the beginning before you start all the other major work?
0: That's a good question. Actually, I've got my notes. I just realized I can grab my. Oh, there we are. I've got a moleskin right here. This little denim bag one mm-hmm. of all things that has a bunch of Anthrotaurian notes in it. This did not for my very first time doing Anthrotaurian, but the memory serves, I did write down a lot. Other notebooks, various other Moles skins. I would just start thinking about the project in general, ahead of, in this case, ahead of a game jam. And anything that came down, I would write down just one more bullet list, one more bullet item on the list. Um, Take time, sit aside, often just purposely sit down somewhere and just dedicate half an hour of Pomodoro to three just to think about the project and prepare for it. That was incredibly useful just to get my thoughts together. There's even times when I would just sit down and purposely meditate on the game plan for the game. I mean, literally sit down with a timer, eyes closed, and let my thoughts percolate let my brain dwell on just that as opposed to whatever else you do for meditation, be it a track or sounds, and whatnot. And deliberate meditation was surprisingly useful for that. Mm. Yeah. So
1: a lot I, of I I, yeah. A lot of times I start, um, and I know that this is traditionally thought of as a bad idea, but I start with a timeline, even though I know, I know that, initial timeline that you try to map out is not going to reflect the reality but what it does help me to do is to kind of um try to see the proportional effort that i expect to go into different parts just kind of as a broader overview. so if i try to expect okay i want to i want to put three months into this game then doing a timeline within that tries to help me figure out if i think i'm going to spend three of those weeks on just core code feature work then i have you know this many weeks left over for content creation but i gotta subtract this many for music you know so it just kind of helps me to break up the um budgeting of the effort that goes into it even though i know the timeline itself is going to change is going to shift and all sorts of other changes will come up yeah
0: and you know i think it was in general or president somebody said something to paraphrase the planning i mean the plan doesn't matter but the planning is essential because yes. the whole going through the Very, motions is what prepares you to actually get the work done, to succeed when there are surprises, and to execute hard when things are going right. The failure to plan is plan to fail, to quote somebody else.
1: I've taken that quote to heart in that I I still spend too much time doing like organizational tasks and like just kind of like redoing outlines sometimes to get a, a fresh view of what I'm planning to do. And I don't put so much weight into it because I really do accept that just sitting down to spend the time thinking about the plan helps me to make sure I have a full view over everything. That it's not things I'm missing. Whereas in the past I would do things like that. And then if I didn't stick to it or I tried to change those plans, I would feel really bad because I felt like I was throwing away this work I had done before making the plan and not considering that it was still worthwhile, even if it changed.
0: Right. It's just like, when you plan a trip, you look at Google Maps, look elsewhere, and it tells you if your thing is going to be a two hour drive, an eight hour drive, a three day drive. Um, you don't, your drive might end up being two days because of some luck, or might end up being five days because of some misfortune. But knowing it's going to be three days, give or take, means you know to book some hotel rooms or to rent a vehicle you can sleep in. Whereas if you know it's only going to be two hours, you might just take the local bus, city bus, and enjoy the trip. It's that kind of general estimation that gives you an idea of what you're getting into. Like you're talking about, you always do the outline beforehand and that tells you whether you're what you're getting into, whether you're setting yourself up to succeed by having really good scope or doing yourself to failure by trying to make a whole I don't know, 120-hour RPG over a weekend.
1: So... Yeah. Um- what sort of uh, information would you try to get together during an initial planning? Like, Is it all just oh, yeah. trying to get stuff out of your head? Or does this include things that you might gather or research? or like How how much effort is going into what you would call initial project management?
0: Mm, yeah, very good question. Getting stuff out of my head is a huge part of that. Because I know if I don't do it, I'll forget it or lose track of it or generally not make room for other new ideas, and sometimes going through the motions of just writing it down will spark some amazing, often even better ideas. I think there is a—I can't remember who said it—but someone else pointed out, suggested the rule: the first two ideas you have for something, just throw those away because they're obvious. And look for that third role, Make yourself or third idea. Make yourself stretch your mind if you want to get a really original uh, plot twist. It was talking about plot twists. The first two plot twists are obvious because you didn't have to think too hard about it, obviously the audience. But if you can get you have to get through those first two before you get that really original insight. Similarly, if you spend a little bit of time, deliberate time percolating over your game idea and looking for something beyond the obvious choices, you might find something that's uncommonly original, not even realizing it.
1: Huh, that that makes me that, that kind of uh, sounds familiar to me in context of uh, morning pages, you know that idea yeah. of during the day with writing to get all the gunk out that is stick stuck from right from getting other ideas out or just that you need to sort of get things moving and and that ties in because the next thing I was actually gonna say is that a lot of times whenever I'm doing this kind of getting a project started planning, I yeah. do it by, focusing my morning pages on just kind of writing a letter to myself Ooh. about the project I have in mind, just kind of free form, just talking about it very yeah. vaguely and, or as detailed as the ideas come to me. And then I go back and read that and from those, I build up an outline or uh, an actual plan. And I might even pick, I may even do that over the course of a couple of days so that I use that time to just think through in writing. And that, that act a lot of times helps me to do planning. Uh, because as the thoughts come, I can keep them down, and then I can go back and try to find the common things, the things that have come back up, and I can, from day to day, if I keep writing about the same idea, I can rehash things and think them through, mm-hmm. um, and then I can have a record of the thoughts I've had. Yeah.
0: I'm going to steal the idea from you, Ruben Gavin.
1: Please do. It, it works out well. I, I actually start... <laughs> Every day like that at work, I get into the office and I sit down, and the first thing I do is just write about what I'm working on and what I'm planning to do for the day. It's kind of in like a letter, like a, a journal I keep for work just to think mm-hmm. through things. And that helps a lot idea. on all my projects. Yeah, I kind of still the idea. So this is like the
0: podcast being useful. Yes! Finally! Nice. Yeah, I took like 15 episodes. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Uh, so we're talking about uh initial planning stuff. Use an idea of scope, like I mentioned before. If you're doing a game jam over uh, two days, a weekend, you're not gonna have time to make anything more than the barest RPG, for example, by the time you outline what you'd have to have for even a simple RPG, you're gonna see it's way outside of scope. You might find uh, give you a general idea of how many art assets you're going to need. Like if you're gonna have a game with fifteen characters, it seems really easy on the surface. Once you start calculating how much stuff you actually need art asset-wise, you might find you either need to dramatically reduce how much you're going to do for each character, like give them the one portrait instead of 10, or you need to cut down the number of things being represented in the first place. I cut down the cast to five characters for that. And it's very easy to think it's going to be easy in your head all to a thing where we think it's going to take five minutes until we actually go through it and find it takes an hour and it's really important to figure that out before you commit a time so anything you can do to One, yeah yep yeah. so I'm sorry go ahead. go ahead he's going to say yeah. anything you can do to spell out exactly what the work is going to entail be more accurate your estimate of what time commitment is going to be
1: yeah I um, I give up on being able to make good time estimates so when I'm trying to plan out any project, not just game projects, but anything, I I try to sort it um, not from like the start to the end, but from the MVP, you know, the absolute minimum of this. Like, even if I'm doing a project planning that I expect to work on for six months, I try to plan what is it if I only worked on it for a month that I would, you know, what would be the minimum stripped down version of this, and then every iteration yeah. after that, I try to map out so that at every point was like these milestones that if I finish to here, I can ship it. If I finish to here, I can ship all that. So you're adding like, you know, these different layers on top of that that make slightly larger versions of that core idea. Um, yeah. My my hope being that at any point, because I don't, I never expect to finish everything I have in this list of ideas. So I want it to be sorted such that at any point, if I stop development, I can wrap it up and ship it out the door without that having a, to actually know how long anything's going to take.
0: Yeah. That is a very capital A, agile mindset. It's like practicing agility. There's a lot of good stuff out there on project, project planning, project management, material-wise. I love the Primatic Publishers as a resource for that, that uh, bookstore. And I know a lot of developers have had pains, frustrations with work that try to be, quote-unquote, agile. And to love Scrum and other rituals. Well, probably done Scrum and other rituals on them that probably sour them to be agile. will emphasize how much of that was an error of implementation and a symptom of deeper issues. Yeah, that don't have to be replicated when you're doing your own stuff in an agile way.
1: Mm-hmm. I was lucky that when I was like formally introduced to, to Scrum training. And whenever my last job like really buckled down on, okay, we're going to actually not just say we're agile, but like try to figure out how to do it the right, right way. We yes. actually did it right. And we found a great training course that we all took. And I actually got a lot from it. And I then internalized just the, both the things that we also just naturally built up as we worked. I internalized a lot of that for my own personal projects, even working solo. And I evangelized within for the real heavy emphasis on iterative that that idea of being able to just cut off at any time was always really important to me um yeah and and I continue to try to evangelize for that now in a new job because I still feel really strongly about that um you know essentially never having something in a state that you couldn't ship right then even if it's not what you were planning like that it would work basically is the, the goal and you need of course yeah. there's some initial time in any project to get to there but that once you get to that you can ship this as a playable thing, no matter how stripped down it is, that every other build you have is playable. And yeah. from A start to A end, even if it's not the final start and end.
0: Yeah, I mean, if I had to do Ashtar over again, I'd probably focus entirely on getting one character route all the way through to completion. Mm-hmm. Asset completion. And then worry about combining character routes, any second like I wanted to move them together, only as a stage two and then one character at a time. And then when I feel like I've got enough characters or when I'm committed too much to a project, then release it with however many characters I have done versus several characters all in motion, none of them quite done. So yeah, very strong takeaway, the importance of planning for something that can be releasable very quickly. And still be playable very quickly, and making an outline of how that thing might evolve. I so think emphasis on the might. There's one thing we want to make sure we understood about initial project management, is that it's just that initial project management. And whatever you plan, things will change. Your artists will have to bow out. Uh, you'll run out of money, or suddenly get a more than expected you'll find out some technology was impractical or could be done much better by the way. Important thing is that initial budget plan is a good idea of where you want to go, but it's never something to treat as gospel as word of law of how the project has to go. So whatever you do, just think about how that feeds you up to just plan whatever sounds good to explore different ideas to have contingencies as long as it's not taking time away from actually getting it done, feel free to get very creative with this initial plan, just so you can know it's not when you're too deeply attached to. That's helpful.
1: I was, uh, I was trying to think of examples of games that I've had success with this, and of course you know, there's a varying mm-hmm. degree of success, and I'm mm-hmm. trying to learn to do this flexible planning over time. And I have been like increasingly more where I, it has been really has worked really well. Nice. Um, but also, I'm bad at actually releasing games at the end, even if they get to a point where I could release them. So, I can only talk in terms of things that nobody has seen. Yeah.
0: So oh, I guess definitely don't have anywhere
1: to go with that line of thought.
0: This is always something we can revisit down the road once we've had more success.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, I, I think I, I can talk about one that I, that was pretty recent that I can at least without having something to show, I guess I'll talk about it in a way that makes sense. I was building a, um, a sort of magic-themed match three um, mm-hmm. where different combinations of uh, matches would do spells that fought monsters. And that was definitely one where you know I could have made the full progression of the game and mapped that out and just worked from start to finish, but I did start with basically the minimum number of spells and instead of like 10 enemies that would then sort of randomize with different color variants and, and things but even at the beginning it was just those 10 and just those couple spells and so I could then every time I would add about five enemies I would add one spell and you know mm. continue on that route so that I kind of expand the game in all directions over time because I didn't know at what point I might have to stop
0: right no very wise give you something worse shippable at whatever stage, and still evolve much more naturally. Yeah, that's a very good plan. (laughs) Close. Yeah, so I think, is there anything else? Any other techniques, tools, whatnot, for initial project management you want to cover? Mm -hmm. I'll I'll see as I can think about it.
1: Um, no I was, there's a lot of things I'd like to get into that I think go past what you would call initial, and I'm glad to get talk about the start of this. Um, but I would like to think more about what goes past that and talk about yeah. that another time.
0: Oh, definitely. Yep. Yeah. Thinking one thing to mention that you were starting to talk about the idea of prototyping. One thing you might have to do if you want to have a very good, very useful initial plan is to actually spend some. Very limited time box time prototyping the game, sketching it out, using physical media if you have to, just draw stuff out, whatever it takes to try the thing out and see if it actually is fun. I mean, there are a lot of games where it's clear that they didn't have a fun idea in the beginning, but they decided they'd figure it out how to make it fun down the road and they never did. So, that's one thing you can do for yourself mm-hmm. is pre plan by prototyping.
1: Yeah, I think this gets a little outside the purview of initial planning or initial project management, but it's more about an iterative design topic, which I think would also be great to talk about. Um, And I've definitely seen that as a side effect of that kind of planning uh, and that that iterative nature because it makes it easier to change the plan for the game. If you start just trying to build level 1 through 10 in order and you don't figure out the game doesn't work until you've gotten to level 7, that is a much harder thing to fix if you've already done everything for those previous parts than if you tried to, um, throw out little bits of all the aspects and test them out and drop and add features as you find the balance before you have any full level completed. Basically, you know, you can make sure that, um, that it feels right before you start fleshing out entire areas or sets of assets.
0: Yeah, you might find that some particular special attack or special ability just isn't fun, and therefore shouldn't be a core mechanic of the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I remembered what it is I wanted to mention. Idea boards. One thing you can do as part of fomenting, building up your idea, your initial plan, is go out and find stuff that inspires you. Screenshots from video games, video clips descriptions of stuff, game rules, whatnot, other media anywhere. Just get clips together, Pinterest the whole thing, and just get all your inspirations together in one place to have on hand as you plan.
1: I need to do that more. I don't do things like that and part of it is I don't wanna I don't know, I kinda have this fear of copying things subconsciously. Um but I don't have enough concrete things to draw on, and it makes it harder to get a clear vision. And maybe I'm being paranoid to worry about that. And probably if I did that, it would actually help me avoid copying because I would have a clear yeah. a clear list of the things that I don't want to copy, but I do want to be inspired by You know, the actual reference. Like, oh, I'm looking too much like that, which is another problem I've had of not looking for things to be inspired by and then accidentally copying something because I wasn't thinking exactly. about it.
0: Yeah, the best way to make sure you don't copy something by accident is either do it purposefully, which is fine, or to have it on hand so you can look at it and deliberately do something different in direct contrast. Yeah. So it sounds like you covered a lot there, initial planning. Well, I guess we'll get for that topic. Yeah. Cool. All right, I guess we can get on to what we've been up to in the meantime. I guess uh, in terms of like what we've been working on, I've actually stuck with the word goal. Yeah. yeah. That's 200 plus words a night on Anthrotari On one particular route, sponsored by a Patreon backer. That's been good. I was really worried about that being a blocking point, a pain point. But knowing I only had to do a certain amount of words every night, and that's all I had to do. It has been a big help in terms of actually getting all the way through it. I'm sure there's gonna be a lot of editing to do afterwards. Probably a lot of fat to trim, but it's words there I can actually edit versus unwritten words that still have to be written. And it's been a big help.
1: That's, that's great. It's great to hear. I'm glad that's gone so well. Uh, I think that's two weeks in a row that you had good news about that. Yeah. Stick to that. So that's been fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um. I have I have less good good news for my uh, development path. Oh, I have some good no. news. Last, last last week I had progress yeah. to talk about, and I did mean to talk about cutscenes that I've been working on for this week, but that did not actually manifest. I had um, some extra work to catch up on that took away my time because mm-hmm. I uh, I had some stuff come up I had to do during work hours and to make it up, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but the cutscenes are still. Planned and or the custom feature anyway is planned to be implemented. And I think I'll be able to get through it uh, this week. So you know, fingers crossed. I'll be able to. Fingers crossed. Talk yeah. Talk about that progress uh, next week. All right.
0: Cool. And media wise, so I finally went and archived *Slay the on my Switch because I was playing that way too much. Smart move. Yeah. Yeah. It was a great distraction. Very satisfying gameplay loop. But it was just taking it too much time. I was too quick to go to it, especially right after work when I was brain drained, and not spend as much time doing anything else, including focus time with my girlfriend, as I would like. So, I have that. I archived Bloodstained, which sadly I must describe as basically the mighty number nine of Castle Venus, which is not a compliment, sorry. Mm. And yeah, because uh, yeah, I found myself like getting into loop of it, but never actually enjoying the time I was playing it. I felt like it was more of an obligation than any sort of satisfaction. So I purposefully looked up the real ending on YouTube and spoiled myself and determined that it definitely wasn't worth trying to seek out gameplay wise and let it go. So it was a nice attempt at a game. Stephanie's some better project management, appropriately enough. Because there was, it could have been something there if it wasn't missing some big things, like the proper. Someone described the loop that was missing of finding, like, getting a new area, struggling with navigation in it, finding a new ability, and then being able to use that properly. Wasn't really there with Bloodstained. It got too clever and sometimes too obtuse with. Navigation stuff. No, it was exasperating, but not to mention that the character design was really lacking in some places. Wow! All right, uh, those are not normal shapes. Um, what else? Uh, I found out I had Trevor Strikes again checked out for ages out of GameFly. you totally forgot about it. Tried that for about I think an hour, if that, and decided it wasn't for me. Yeah, hmm. I've never played any other Trevor games. No more hero game. No more hero games, and just had no special attachment to it. definitely that might, not my speed. So something else out of Gamefly. And after that, I don't actually have any other specific game lined up right now, which is bugging me, but not the worst thing. I don't have to have always have to have a game queued to play next.
1: Yeah, that's uh, it's fine to have a little break in between. Yeah. How about you? Um, well, I have to admit, I've still been playing a lot of Overwatch. Yeah. Um, I'm still working through uh, Breath of the Wild. I'm stuck on the uh, the giant camel um, of the four divine beasts. I can't remember his name. Mm-hmm. Uh, stuck on the that form of Ganon, the thunder form of him, Thunderblood Ganon. It's just I can't. Can't get through them, uh, so I'm probably going to go and do the... I've already done two of them, so I think I'm going to do the fourth one, since it nonlinear, non-linear, and I'll come back afterwards, maybe a little stronger, and be able to, to do it. Um, yeah. I think they'll get me I'm unstuck because sure. I've just been smacking my head against them and not able to, to finish, so... Um, I'm not taking a break from Slay of the Spire, too. I was playing a lot of that. Um, and um, I'm probably... Um, I picked up uh, Moonlighter and Hellblade from my Ooh. Humble Bundle this month, and I haven't gotten into either of them yet. But both of them look fantastic. I'll probably play Hellblade first, because it's more of a linear start to finish, um, you know, sort Ooh. of thing. I want to I do that. Probably, I think Moonlighter would be more like a, a roguish play a whole bunch of different times, um, but a Sacrifice, uh, or Hellblade a Sacrifice, I think I'm going to... Try to sit down and, and get through it within like a week or something, and just up play through it for the narrative and really immerse in it. it looks beautiful.
0: Yeah, I was eyeing Moonlighter too since I already have that on my Switch. Cool. But yeah, something to talk about more next week. Cool. I guess in the meantime, this has been. Well, anything else before we go? No. Nope. That's cool. it. Yeah, this has been the completed with Kevin and JC. Thank you very much for listening. See y'all. Space
1: devs? Same space channel, same space time. Thanks for listening to the SideQuest Completed podcast. If you aren't subscribed, you can find us on iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. You can also find all our episodes and our RSS feed at sidequestcompleted.com. Subscribe today and don't miss an episode posted every Wednesday. Keep game deving and we'll see you next week.